podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Serie Chronicles is a Media Chronicles production. to this AR Chronicles. So we were together, so we decided, why don't we start sort of just the, the first round of it. We'll obviously continue with our postcards to study out, but we thought since we're together, we can discuss what we think is going to happen and just some... Um, Sort of preseason action, or who we think can actually win Serie A. Not actually go through the preseason well, friendly. Sky Sports News. We're in a secret dressing room. We've got hangers and everything. That's <laughs> <laughs> no attention to detail, by the way. Yeah. Nikki pointed out the shower room. The shower. I haven't noticed any of these things. Yeah. But basically, what we're here to talk to you about. So we'll come back with more and more stuff. So obviously, mm-hmm. as the week progresses. But since we're here, we've decided that we can have a conversation about who we think will make top four. Oh, my gosh. We were already having this conversation, weren't we? Like, because we sat down, so we've been, a lot of you know, we've been doing transfer specials on Sky Sports News this summer. And so we, like, sit down and we have a bit of time before the show starts. And instead of talking about what we're supposed to talk about, we're always like, oh, what's happening? What's the news with the league? And I'm excited for this new season, Mina, because I really, like, when you put me on the spot and you're like, so who's going to be in the top four? Yeah. Um, my brain thinks in those answers. So I'll start answering. I'm like, oh, actually, but actually. So, you know, there's questions with everyone, aren't there? Napoli, league winners, I still think talent-wise, very, very strong. But neither of us has much faith in Rudy Garcia. So I don't think they'll necessarily be in the league. I think they'll be in the top four. Inter, Simone Inzaghi gives me faith. Champions League final last season. I thought they were the best team in the last couple of months of the season. I thought they were the best team in Italy for the last part of the season. But say goodbye to Edin Dzeko, say goodbye to Robin Lukaku, replace them with, I don't know, hopes and prayers, Marco and <laughs> it, it doesn't feel very, very positive on that front. And you, you have sold some other players who matter, like Brozovic leaving matters, even if he wasn't in the starting 11 at the end of last season. Milan have made some really interesting moves in the transfer market, but they've said goodbye to Sandra Tonali, who obviously we're, we're, we're big fans of. And lighting it up right now in Newcastle as well. Right. Which makes me think that they sold him for too cheap now. <laughs> I'm like, you should have asked for 150 of Moses Caicedo is going for that much. Yeah, so, so you know, questions. Juventus, I mean, they haven't really done a lot of everything, anything. Maybe that's fine. Maybe they're going to take away the points section they were a top four side last season. Um... That's your, I mean, the second fight, I think, Rich Savage, I have very little faith in them. But then you drew out the wild card, even with Atalanta in this sort of title conversation, Mina. Yeah, because I just think that with Atalanta, they've done some good business, right? Like, they, they brought in Scamacca, and I, I don't know why, but I, I really love Di Catalane. I know that he didn't work out Mina. But you, you, you know, I, I've just been one of those people that has watched him before and thought that he's such a talent that when they got him initially, Milan, I was really jealous of, of, of them, much like I'm jealous now that they have Chiquizzi, which is the other player that I love massively. And I was really disappointed that he didn't work out with them, especially because it's Stefano Pioli and you always think Pioli can get the most out of his players. But under Gasparini, you just think maybe this is the time he'll shine. And if he doesn't, then they've got others, you know. From exactly like Skamaka. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're just a side that always know how to extract potential. And I think that right now they could be the team to watch. And I think that they've made some investments, investments in the market. I mean, Saki was asked if they could win the whole thing. And he was like, well, let's, let's not push it that far. But I certainly think they could have a run in the top four. And there's a part of me that thinks I do too, but who's going to drop out? 
Yeah, I think winning the whole thing, there's lots to think about. And we always talk about it. It's, it's still true. Like there's lots of data that suggests when you're playing the Thursday night, Sunday schedule, the Europa League or Europa Conference League schedule, eventually over season that hurts you. So that's, that's a detriment to them. They're not in the Champions League. But I, I'm kind of with you in the, you know, Hoyland, I was excited about as a footballer. I'm excited to see how he eventually does Manchester United. But this is someone who I think they absolutely extracted a more than fair value for and who, in the end, scored nine goals last season. And you've replaced him with two strikers. So you've taken one striker who was young and exciting and potential, but in the end, like, hadn't scored that many goals for you. With Skamaka, who I'm really, really happy to see back and say, yeah, I think it's the right move for him. I think he's gone to a club where youth is so well treated and, and where he's another manager is going to really try to give him the opportunities. But they've also got Traore up front now as well, haven't they? So they've got the two mm. the, the two options up front instead of just one. And like you say, the potential sort of rejuvenation project in De Catalara. I, I, I almost think when you look around and you sort of think about the things that have changed at other clubs, the things that you're not sure about, whether it's Rudy Garcia at Napoli or whether it's uh, Tonali being gone at Milan. Yes, you know, Atalanta have sold someone hugely expensive, but the 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 end sort of feeling is still here. Yeah, but they're Atalanta, so I feel more confident that they'll deal with these things yeah. than the other clubs will. So I, I definitely think Atalanta are inching for the top four. I don't know if I can go all the way to title race for them. I think that's still a big ask. But I also don't feel like really confident in anyone when I'm. Picking, picking for the no, this is actually a really interesting point because I don't know whether it's just like, but I've started to go through this like little bit of a, a falling down the well business, yeah, where I don't, I don't understand anything's value anymore, if that makes sense. Like, I know that Tonali's good, but did I think that he'd be the best player for Newcastle in that game? I don't know, right? Like, I, I almost don't know how to judge things anymore. And so there's a part of me that thinks I look at it into squad, right? And I think they should be the team that wins it this season because they should have been the team that won it last season. I mean, so yeah, had there not been a, a beautiful Napoli because, you know, Spalletti, you know, has kind of put together a great team and, and managed to extract a lot of, a lot of brilliance out of Krevatskeli who had just arrived, right? Mm-hmm. At the time, you just think that there's going to be a time for them to embed and all of that. Lots of changes. They lost like Koulibaly and all of these differences. Three Smertens, obviously, in senior. But it was just, it was spectacular to watch. And you think that might change. Usually it doesn't result in, in brilliance straight away, but it did. And, and there's a lot to be said about Inter not doing that. But then I look at Inter and I think Brozovic is a big loss. I understand Fratesi coming in. It's a good midfield. It's a hardworking midfield. It's an Italian core that they're trying to build right now. Kind of goes against them being called Internazionale. Yeah. But um, I don't know how good they are because I do think Lukaku for them is, you know, they should look for that kind of, you know, that type of player, which I'm not entirely sure that, I guess, I mean, our town of Arnautovic, like you let go of Dzeko for Arnautovic, yes, you know? Yes. And then I just don't know what to expect of Marcus Turan. He could be a, a phenomenon or he could not be. And so there are question marks for me all over the pitch. Like who's going to dictate the tempo perfectly? We know Chan Longa can do great, but if there's, if there's an injury, like who's going to come in? And I think that's what they had so well, which is that you do have somebody like Brozovic to bring in because he's just so talented. And I would have liked them to, 
maybe more back in Kovacic. Yeah. But, you know, that's just a different story. So I don't know whether they are actually still a very good team or whether there's a part of me that's not that sure about them anymore. Just because I want to see defensively also, I think there are so many problems that we've seen so far in preseason. I don't think they look as solid as they used to. And that that is a problem. We saw how many goals they conceded, especially away from home. Are they going to start the season conceding lots of goals again? But the thing is, you don't know what's going to start with the start of the season because they're still doing business. And I mean, this is classic Beckham-Alter, right? Like, you, you never expect Beckham-Alter to finish doing business until the end of the transfer window. So to some degree, give the man time, right? Like, let him finish his transfer window. Some of the things they're doing do make you want to tear your hair out. I mean, as you just said, Mina, like, if you're going to end up with Marco and Atovic, on what planet do you say goodbye to Ed and Jekyll? Like, you know, if that is where you're headed... I know, three years younger is... With with none of the Champions League pedigree, with none of that pedigree of of deciding... Look at what Jekyll's doing right now in Turkey. Nothing about Jekyll's performance last season suggests that he was finished. So, like, if you're going to do it, sure, wages come into it as well. But if you're spending 10 million euros, then for another season, it doesn't make any sense to me. You're not making a long-term investment. But there's so many other deals that they seem to be sort of going out of their way to make a mess of Mr. Marzic. Like, you know, there's so many things that just, like, you, you look at and think, how have you managed to contrive this all so badly? And clearly there was hope at a certain point in this winter they'd sign Lukaku. That hasn't happened. Um, Process is going. Yeah, which is, you know, one of those transfers, again, that on the surface, I go, well, okay, you know, he wasn't starting. But on the other hand, that was, like you just said, I mean, a part of what made Inter compelling last season, part of why I think they ended Serie A as the strongest team for the last few months, part of why they belonged to the Champions League final was because unlike so many other teams in Serie A, they could look to their bench and go, we've got real options, we've got real quality. And that is, is definitely being punched. I think I'm a bit more optimistic than you on Turam. I've heard some good noises from people who I trust. Okay. But, you know, there's definitely big questions with Inter. Uh, I... It's just that the thing is, right, is that Lanzaro Martinez, hopefully not this season, hopefully every season he gets that bit better, right? But he is a streaky player, and we know that, you know? And so what you sort of secure when you have Jekyll and Lukaku is alternatives to that. Of course, Turan could come in and be a phenomenon, you know? Korea is still there. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking to myself, like, when you looked at the group, again, to my depth, like, you know, last season, Champions League final, knowing you've got the options of... Bringing Lukaku and Rokosovic Lukaku. And, like, which is the one striker that no inter fan would have Korea? Can you just imagine now at this point that he might be the last one that's still there? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Last one, we thought it could be just still there. Oh, God. Maybe they should go for Blauvich. Um, but, um, like, do the swap deal, right? Yeah. Um, but I just, look, honestly, all these, you know, they got Carlos Augusto from Augusto. I don't actually know how you say his name. I would have said Augusto. Yeah, Augusto. From Monza. So that, that's a that's a good deal for them as well. But I just, there's a part of me that can't quite figure out whether they're going to be great. Mm-hmm. And because they can be on their day, they can be the very best, you know. Or they're going to be a slight disappointment this season. Mm-hmm. But I have question marks like that over every single club. Yeah. There is nobody right now that I look at and I think to myself, this is a really great team. I actually did think that about until last season. Mm-hmm. I thought, I looked at that team and I thought they were pretty perfect. Mm-hmm. So now I have certain question marks. Everyone is talking about the American Revolution, obviously at Milan. They brought in so many new players. Um, now it's an attack that no longer depends on Rafael Leao, even though they haven't got the thing that we wanted them all to get, which was a, which is a striker. Well, they, I think they go Okafor. I'm just not sure if I'm sold on that as a real alternative. You know, it's like saying, exactly. you know, last season, they got Aribi, but, you know, 
Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe control. he'll score a bunch of yeah. goals, and then you know, I mean, Giroud is still doing wonderfully well anyway. Yeah. Um, but now you have an attack that is a lot more balanced, that's not as dependent on layout or, or sort of left leaning. And Chukwueze for me, if there's any player that I've ever wanted for my team, it was him. I, I'm really, really, I'm such a fan of Chukwueze. Um, Ryan just is somebody that can also do a lot, obviously from midfield. Loftus Cheek is another one. Pulisic, which I'm, I don't know. I think Nicky's a little bit more optimistic I'm about more him. I'm optimistic for Pulisic. I remember like his best stuff at British Dortmund. I remember some of his performance when he first got to Chelsea. I think there's a good player in there. I think that Stefano Pioli is someone I believe in. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I, I think with Milan, like the optimism comes from the wealth of options. Like you were just saying, like the thing at Milan that last season was, was bad for them was just that you knew where they were going to get you. Obviously, like if there were injuries, it was a disaster. If the air wasn't there, a disaster. But you knew if a friend's healthy, right? But they're coming down the left-hand side. There's Hernandez, there's Leal, there's Tonali drifting out there as well. They were going to overload that side and, and attack you down there. And now, yeah, hopefully, you don't know that. Like when you're playing against them, hopefully you're thinking, well, I don't know. What if it's Chiguesi? What if it's going to be Pulisic? What if the play is still coming through Leal? And that's all really promising. But you have lost it huge piece in the field in San Antonio and you've got a defence that's got Tomori who hasn't looked like the player we thought he was in about a year that's going to be relying on I'm not sure Chiao or, or Kalu alongside him I, I think this team feels like it's got a real glass jaw and maybe there'll be enough improved going forwards that they'll just be a really entertaining and successful team but I think that's the question I have with them is, is how glass is that jaw you know, when I used to think about why I loved Inter and Milan sort of two years, you know, now that they've been winning in the seasons that they were winning the Scudetto. So when I look back and I think of like, you know, the year that, that Inter did so well and obviously Milan, even last season, you know, reaching Champions League final, it's a good midfield, right? You look at the options that Chalanoglu, Mkhitaryan, Pico Barello, obviously the very best and Brozovic. And then you, and then for Milan, when they won the Scudetto, it was Kessier, Benesser and Tonali. Mm-hmm. And you just thought, what a perfectly balanced midfield. Kessie mm. leaving already put a lot of strain on that midfield last season. Mm. And you could see that a lot of defence, the defence was exposed far too often. There just wasn't the work rate that, that was available when you had somebody who was helping Tonali. Tonali was asked to do too much at the time. Mm. I think that obviously at certain points it was, it worked well when everyone worked well together. And actually what you spotted as the problems were them being dependent on Leao, you know. And Maniam missing was a huge thing for them as well. So that also added to their defensive problems. But now I think Benazer's out. I think it's a midfield that works hard, but Loftus-Cheek, Rinders. I don't know. I don't know if there's enough sort of to secure that defence. And then I look at the defence and I don't think it's exceptional. So I, there are all sorts of problems for me, but I think attack-wise, I'm best stunning. Yeah. They have such a complete attack right now. I'm just a little bit worried about them sort of off the ball, should I say that? Mm-hmm. Especially because you have players like Teo Hernandez, who is sort of another auxiliary attacker. And it just worries me, what if they're facing teams that have better control on the ball? And what are they going to be able to do? Um, but again, it, reminds, it remains to be seen because Stefan Pioli is somebody that we trust and we trust that he'll figure it out. Okay, Mina, so I think we've probably got about as much as we can do right now because we've both got cars. Can we not talk about UV? Quickly. Okay, quickly on UV. Your thoughts on UV? I think they're going to win the league and I think that's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy, isn't it? But it's one game a week. Uh Uh-huh. And I just think when you're playing one game a week and you have Keza who's not injured, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just think it's enough when all the other teams are concerned with trying to man play every three days. 
I think it's absolutely like what they're focused on all in now because there's nothing to focus on. And I think that creates a really interesting dynamic event. It's like they, they have to win it this year. I think that's absolutely like all that they're going to be thinking about. And it's the question, like, is are they good enough? Last season, without the points penalty, of course, they'd be a comfortable top four. But they weren't really tied to contenders. There were times when people were trying to tell us they were, but they weren't. You know, Napoli were, were miles ahead. Having said that, their Napoli team, none of us expect them to have that that strong of a season again. So it does open the door. I can see where you're coming from. I think my pick to win the league this season is a is Inter, but it's not a confident Inter. I think genuinely, I, I could believe Napoli, I could believe Milan, I could believe Juventus, definitely. Maybe I could even believe in Atalanta. I couldn't believe in Lazio, I'm sorry. So Napoli, honestly, the only thing that stops us is really Garcia because they do have the best squad. Yeah. And I and I love Gabby Vega that they brought in, Gabriel Vega. So I think that he's, he's not in yet, but I won't know. Great addition if he comes in. But I, I think the team is stacked, it's wonderful. Austin is just the best best striker in Serie A. Obviously, we've seen Kravetskaya. It's just that Spalletti is such added value, and you take that away, and you're worried. Yeah, yeah. So we really haven't talked about nothing. We should say, like, literally the title holders. There's a lot of assumptions baked into it. It's exactly what Mina just said. Like, their squad's brilliant. Their team's brilliant. I think Victor Osterman means that even if you put me in charge, they still be in the top four. Frankly, so Rudy <laughs> Garcia will, will 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 not be disastrous. I don't think. No, really no. Confusing appointment. I don't think any of us like understand it still. Yeah. I don't think you do. I don't think I do. Right, I would love that. So I'm baffled by by that choice to go Rudy Garcia. I don't sort of have. I don't think he's awful, but he's, he's not a manager who I hold as like one of the the great managers of European football. I think Napoli deserve one of the great managers of European football. Uh, so that's the reservation with Napoli. I also think worth saying Kim Min Jae is a big loss. He is. He was spectacular last yeah, season. He was, he was so so good. Um, just like Malinkovic Savages for Lazio. So God help them this season. Yeah. So so I think Napoli I take a small step back for me because of the change of manager. And I think maybe that's enough. But I don't see them as favourites. So for me, Mina, I'm going to put my neck on the line and say Inter. You're saying Juventus? I mean, Inter is a better team, right? But yeah, I do say Juventus because it's one game a week. Okay. And your top four is? I don't know. Because I think Atalanta have a shout, but I think it's got to be now putting me on an Inter and Juve. Okay, so I'm going with Inter, I'm going to go with Juventus and Napoli. And we have Milan. Yeah, it's the same sort of four. Sorry, I can't put Atlanta in that. It I should be. To. It should be Inter that wins it, not you, but it should yeah. really be Inter. I want to put Atlanta in there and I sort of think about it, but then I can't see who I'm dropping out. I don't think Napoli drop out. I think Osama alone carries them into the top four. Have Milan done enough to, to win it? Because it's a lot of changes. It might be good enough. I think Milan are a real wild card. For me. Yeah. And I They're either brilliant or not so much. Yeah, I, I, could, I could believe them winning the league. I could believe any of these teams, maybe even Atlanta win the league, maybe. But the problem for me then, for me, is I just think they're going to concede a lot of goals. I don't think that's been resolved. And I think that makes it hard to finish top of the pile. Top four is a different thing. But if you're conceding a lot of goals, I think it's a really hard to win the league. It's a good midfield. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It's one of those where I don't know how to judge things anymore. Um, that's why we're excited for a new season. Exactly. So we'll, like I said, We'll talk a little bit more about things. You know, who do we think is going to be top striker? Who do we think is going to be relegated? You know, my mind's on it. But we'll get back to you. And thank you so much for tuning in. Ciao for now. Okay, Mina. So we had our little chat at Sky Studios the other day, previewing the big teams in Serie A, doing the obvious part of the conversation about who we think will 
being the title race about who we think the challenges for European spots are. We chose our top four um, and I enjoyed that. But I think we'd be shortchanging our Syria Chronicles Tifosi if we don't have a chat as well about who we think is going to be in the relegation dogfight this season. And I think just generally to throw out a few more other bits and pieces to preview that we might not have got to um, talking about the top clubs. Uh, so I had a couple of categories I thought I'd give us this week just to, to, to tee things up and, and to throw ahead to the season. The first one that came into my mind is brilliant. It's perfect. I think this sums up um, uh, the way of sort of um, how we probably actually think about football and what we think we should think about football, um, which is I felt that we should have a who our favourite signing of the summer was. Um, and I, I'm laughing about it because I thought uh, that we'll definitely do that. It's a good category for us to have favourite signing in summer. It'd be a good thing to put in the podcast. We can clip it up, be nice and short. And I thought to myself, I actually don't know. I don't know who I'm going to pick for this. I'd have a really sort of... Um, long think about who I, I like best out of the different summer transfer moves because there's been a few interesting ones right it's not that I'm short of ideas I just don't know there's one sort of stand out this summer who who really grabs me you know I, I think that um Milan have made a lot of interesting uh, signings and and perhaps Chiquese jumps out among them as a player who looks really exciting like he could come in provide that immediate difference on the right hand side of the attack to, to balance Rafael Leal on the other side, which that attack has been screaming out for. So Chukweze, for instance, springs to mind right away uh, as a player I really, really like. I like Fratesi to Inter, who I know you're not so keen on. And I think with it being a loan deal was quite a nice piece of business in among some chaotic mess that was going on um, uh, for for Inter. I think there's lots of other players that, that I'm, I'm curious about. I mean, Christian Pulisic, I know Mina again, you're not a huge fan of, but I think could be a nice addition to, to Milan. I, the whole, to ask you, all of Milan's signings intrigue me. I want to know how um, Loftus Cheek is going to fit in. I want to know how Moose is going to start into that midfield. I want to know all of it. Um, but the thing is, I, I don't know because I feel like with all of these players, I'm sort of more curious and I am confident in them. These are all players I'm like, okay, I like what you're doing as a club. I like the, the ideas you've got. Um, but I don't know that I would put my neck on the line for any of these players yet. I think with Milan particularly, I'm sort of looking and going, okay, let's let's see how it all comes together. Um, you know, and I think there's lots of other players that I could put in that category. I'm I'm excited for Fiorentina with 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 Beltran coming in. Could he be the answer to what they need up front? I like that they signed someone to fill that gap up front because look, we could we could certainly look to some some other big examples like Roma and say, well you, you still haven't signed anyone to to fill that spot up front. Um you know, I'm I'm actually really curious about um, Castellanos as well at, at Lazio. I know we talked in the the show we did together about not really seeing them as the, a title contender without Milinkovic Savage, and I I stick by that. But they've signed some some interesting names, right? Names that I'm less familiar with, names that I don't get to see as much. And and Castellanos obviously was was really prolific in um, in set in Major League Soccer and then it's gone to Spain and, and had a, a good season there as well. So I, I'm curious to see how he'll he'll come across and 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 how he'll settle in in Serie. So so there's a bunch that I'm intrigued by and then I'm gonna settle on my actual favorite signing so far in Serie of the uh, 2023-24 transfer summer window. Um, which is, it's just a 2023 summer window. I'll say that again. My favorite signing of the 2023 summer transfer window among Serie A clubs 
you're going to call this on a cop out, but it's still true. Bule Dia, Salernitana, uh, simply because that's a player who we know they needed and who we know will fit there. He was on loan there, of course, last season, scored 16 goals, which is extraordinary on a team that, you know, especially before um, they changed managers in mid-season, um, was really sort of a team that was really struggling and he scored 16 goals there. That is as nailed on a, a good deal as you can get. I think they only paid 12 million euros to, to do the riscato, to make his deal permanent. So there's my cop out answer. My favourite signing of the summer is a player who was already playing for Sledding Town last season. It was just on loan, but they made it permanent. And I think that is without question going to be one of the best values that anyone gets in Serie anywhere. So that's my easy win on favourite signing. Um, I was really curious as well. I actually genuinely am I'm sort of really um, intrigued to hear your answer on this one. I want to know which team Mina outside of the um, title contenders we already talked about. So outside of the top teams, which team are you most excited about watching? And I think the answer for me is actually Genoa of all teams, um, partly because of another new signing that I'm curious about, but don't know enough yet to feel confident sticking my neck out for, which is Matteo Rotegi. Um, obviously, there was a huge sort of media fuss earlier this year when he was brought into the Italian national team setup. I remember you and I, Mina, talking about it, debating it a little bit, whether we were comfortable with this sort of um, oriundo strategy of bringing in someone who hadn't really had that um, in his lifetime sort of experience of being in Italy, of of connecting to Italy, but um, who had the the, um, the heritage. And I think we feel on slightly different points, sides on that one, but regardless of, of, of how we feel about that, um, I just am I'm really intrigued by this player. I think he actually, in his three games for the national team, um, he did well. He scored two goals. Um, and I think for a team that is coming up from Serie B, that is looking to to make that foothold and 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 find a way to cling on in Serie A, because it's always difficult. Every team that comes up is always struggling to to make that leap permanent, to make it into something that, that lasts. I think finding a potential goal scorer, someone who's just going to get those goals for you um, at a price that's not going to break you is very hard to do. And I think being the team that was brave enough to take that gamble and retake you to go and get him from Tigre and say, right, we'll be the ones who bring you to Europe, uh, give an Italian national team player a chance to play in the, the Italian top division. I, I'm really, really intrigued about that decision. Um, and yeah, they're probably the team I would say outside of the obvious ones, the top teams, you know, and I don't just mean the top, top teams I'm talking about, even Atalanta as well, who we talked about as me being dark horse. I think Genoa for Ategi alone, perhaps is my desperation for Italy to find a striker who we can rely on. But they're probably the team I'm most, I'm most excited to see in this first part of the Serie A season. So there's my two questions so far for you, Mina. Which has been your favourite Serie A signing of the summer? And which has been, which is the team outside of the, the European chase that we already talked about that you're most excited to watch? And the last question I think we, we have to talk about, um, because we hadn't had a chance to do that yet, is the relegation battle. So I'm going to say uh, we each need to name our three teams that we think will go down this year. Um, I think, again, relegated, sorry, um, newly promoted teams uh, are always sort of big candidates in this conversation. Uh, so Genoa already mentioned, uh, Cagliari of course had that 
bonkers um, promotion campaign under uh, Claudio Agnelli. For anyone who missed this last season, I know we talked about it a bit, but obviously we we do focus more on, on Serie A. When, when Ranieri took a charge of Cagliari, right before Christmas, I think it was, maybe like the 22nd or 23rd of, of December, he got the job. Um, they were... 12th. So they were a long, long way from, from promotion when he took charge and, um, he got them up to, to fifth and they won the promotion playoff. And so incredible stuff for Claudio who arrives in Serie A again at 71 years old, which really made me laugh that as well, because I'm sure you guys will remember it, but way back when, when he was in his peak feud era with Jose Mourinho, um, Jose was sort of saying, oh, you know, he hasn't won the thing and he's almost 70, which of course is before he won the league at Leicester, um, Claudio. And, uh, and so that was, I checked, it was all the way back in 2008, Mourinho said that. I just thought, what, what a cheeky so-and-so that he was calling Claudio nearly 70 in 2008, when in fact, Ranieri is only just 71 in 2023. Um, so yeah, that made me laugh. But anyway, yeah, so Ranieri comes up, um, he did a sensational job improving, um, that team in, in immediately to get them from, from being a mid table side to getting um, up and making this promotion playoff uh, happen. They've got um, some interesting players. Um, I think in particular, a sort of player on that team, I'm, I'm curious to see play in City as Antoine Makumbu. He's been a really sort of pivotal player for them in their midfield, a really dynamic player who's helped sort of give them that something different, something special that, that helped them on their promotion push. I think they've signed signed a few players, the most interesting of which to me is probably Shimorodov. I think that midfield combination, in fact, between him and his physical strength, the Makumbu is a bit more dynamic. I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. So I'm excited to see Ranieri back. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see what his team's going to look like, but I, I do have worries for them. I, I do think this is a team that when I look at it, I don't see the obvious goals in it. They relied on on Lapadula in Serie B. I, I don't think Lapadula, whatever he is now, 33, 34, I think, is is a player I would want to pinning all my my hopes on up front. Uh, I know Luvumbo's been having a good um preseason as well. So maybe he'll make something happen, but he wasn't prolific in Serie B. So I have worries for, for Cagliari, even though I would love to believe that Claudio will make it happen. Uh, the third newly promoted team is Frosinone, who came up under Fabio Grosso. And they're probably the team I have least positive hopes for because they took a team that got promoted uh, and, and scored very freely on the way to getting promotion. And it's like they've changed everything essential about it. They've, they've completely sort of stripped away all these sort of certainties about the team. Uh, Roberto Insigne was part of that attack. Um, obviously brother of Lorenzo, he's gone, he's gone to Palermo. Uh, Samuele Mulatieri also part of that attack. So they had a play with a three-man attack. He's also gone. So you've got two out of three of your, your starting attack on this high pro, uh, high scoring team are gone. Most importantly, the manager, Fabio Grosso, who got promoted is gone and Eusebio Di Francesco replaces him. It's been a while since Di Francesco has done a job that's really um, made me believe in him, unfortunately. So yeah, a lot of questions for me about this um this Frosinone team, I think they've got five or six new stars probably coming in. And when I say new, I mean players who are new to the team coming in. Um, and really not a lot of certainty out of that three-man attack. Again, only Giuseppe Caso remains. I I have to be honest, I, I don't feel optimistic for either Cagliari or Frosinone. Um, there are some other teams that could get drawn into this relegation fight for certain. Um, I already mentioned Salernitana keeping hold of Bulle Dia, And I think 
selling tenor keeping hold of a deer is the only reason right now that I might pick them to avoid the drop because that team has lost pieces this summer. They've lost Krzysztof Piontek, who had not a transformative, but a useful impact for them last season. Uh, Tony Viena, who had an even more important role for them, certainly last season is gone. They really haven't added anything at all. And so right now for Serenitana, that things I'm hanging on to as well, Paolo Sosa did have a good impact after coming in and replacing David Nicola. And uh, and and they've got Bouledia. And look, if, if Dia scores 16 goals again, you're probably fine. You don't often see teams getting relegated with one of Serie A's top scorers in the team. And, uh, and I think that alone might be enough for them. But right now... Um, I, I definitely see some pretty big worrying signals for, for that club. Um, and, and I think they could easily get drawn into, um, a relegation fight. Um, the other one I'm, I'm worried for out of the teams that was up last season, um, Verona, I mean, they've been sort of scraping by a little bit for a while. Um, I think that Tomeza coming out of that team as well, selling Tomeza is, is a big loss that someone who was a, a really integral starter for the team last season. He's off to Torino. Um, nice pickup for Torino, I think, by the way. Um, so yeah, I, I'm worried for Verona and putting myself on the spot here because uh, Mina's not here to do it. I'm going to go with Frosinone definitely going down and I'm going to put Verona and Cagliari in there with them. I'm sorry, Claudio. I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit hyped at Rotegi and maybe I'll come to think that that was uh, a stupid thing to think um, in not so long. Maybe I'll uh, I'll I'll look around in in a, a small amount of time and uh, and and think maybe that was uh, naive of me to think that uh, Retegi alone could be a, a player who would keep them up. But that's it for me. Mina, um, uh, I'm so excited to hear your thoughts, and I'm so excited uh, for the weekend's games and to start talking about these games in our Serie A postcards this season. Hi Nikki, thank you for your voice note. Um, I just finished recording a podcast for the BBC and they all were making fun of me because they asked me who I thought was going to win Serie A and I said Juventus and then they all started laughing and I understand it because Juventus regularly make me wonder if it's worth watching the sport anymore, um, especially the kind of football that we've seen last year from Max Allegri. But I always believe in a side that plays once a week, right? Um, call me stupid. But Inter should win it. Inter should win it. Or Napoli. Now, here's the thing. I actually want to talk about Napoli because when we were together, I will address your questions, so don't worry. But I sort of, um, I, I hate the word, but I did a little bit of a... I don't know if it's just me, but it's just people's memories in general. But I'm forgetting everything at the moment, yeah. And I was trying to think back on... Rudy Garcia's Roma and I was like gosh I can't even remember that much I remember Castan I remember sort of Strootman in the midfield that they had and I was like oh you know it was like the best of planet right you know like this is what I remember of him but I don't and then I come across this article and I thought it was a really funny article because it was like mentioning porn and all of the stuff and it was me I'd written that article <laughs> so I could not believe that I'm there um, reading this piece about how uh, Rudy Garcia had done such a good job with Roma, not realizing I was reading my own words that I used to write for the Daily Mirror many, many, many years ago. It was like my first column, I think, at the time. So 10 years ago, 10 years ago. Um, so yes, 
So I've become a little bit more hopeful about Napoli, and now I think that they could actually win it. And I and I started remembering. I really like that side. I mean, granted, there wasn't that much competition other than Juventus at the time that were obviously rampant, so it was always very difficult to get over that Juve side. But, you know, Rudy Garcia had managed the most number of points at the time before Spalletti broke that record when he arrived afterwards. But he had gone like 85 points in a season. It was a great midfield. I thought they were defensively strong. They were attackingly fun to watch. And I, I don't, know, don't know why I sort of fell out of love for him or, or perhaps felt like recently when everyone said Rudy Garcia, I'm a bit like, oh, but it's not Spalletti, right? Oh. But then you remember things, right? You remember his journey. You remember his Leon side that dumped Juventus out of the Champions League. But that wasn't just the important thing. They also dumped Manchester City out of the Champions League in 2020. It was a COVID year, so I'll give you that. I mean, you know, but then obviously you remember that he was in Saudi. He was coaching Ronaldo. He didn't do a great job. And either way... I think that the team that he has and the personality that he's got, it's going to be interesting. I also think that he's somebody who always has a lot of balance. And and I've rethought my position on Napoli. Um, and I think that, honestly, it deserves a rethink. But I do think he might have enough to push them over the line again because it's Victor Osman. It's Kivicha Kravetskelia. Actually, a lot of people have been asking me this. Why has there not been more conversations about Kravetskelia um, leaving Napoli, why have not not so many European teams come in for him? And one thing I want to see is that people are quite well aware of the fact that he doesn't really want to leave unless it's um, Real Madrid. And so he has a clear development plan, and that plan is to consolidate his position, to consolidate Napoli's position in world football as well, to be part of that until Madrid come and get him. And I don't know if they're coming soon, but... I don't know how interested he is in leaving if it's not for them. Otherwise, I think he's very happy where he is. Okay, so let me answer some of your questions that you were going on the talking about. You asked me which is the player that I'm most interested in watching. I do like your response. I think it's a very clever response, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not so down on Salernitana in general. I, I understand why people are, but I, I'm somebody who always believes in coaches more than I believe in teams. And... I think that I was very impressed with them last season and managing to secure his signing and Salernitana in general, having Paolo Sousa, who's Paolo Sousa, who's now had like, you know, the whole summer to work with his players makes me believe that maybe they might escape relegation. But before I get into the relegation dogfight, um, my favorite signing is Samuel Chukwese. I think that he is a tremendous player. He's so dynamic. He's unpredictable. He's clever. He He's good on the ball. He's great off it. I think that he's been taught very well at Villarreal. And I think they were lucky to get him for the price that they got him because I think he's easily a player that's worth twice the amount that they paid for him. So I'm excited to see Milan playing with so many new players. There's just so many different players to to watch and see. I think Yunus Moussa is going to be very exciting as well. Um, I think that he's an interesting profile that I'd like to watch. Um, he's, for me, he's got high ceiling, so I'd like to see him live up to his potential. And when you've got Stefano Pioli, you know that that's a possibility with him as your coach. I think maybe eight players and counting, right? It's just a tad too much for me to believe in their chances to win the title. Um, 
But Jacquesi is the kind of player that you would want to balance out a Rafael Leal. And I and I just feel like if you've got these two guys coming at you and you've got Giroud in the middle or you've got Okafor in the middle, it's Pulisic. I, I mean, Pulisic, sorry. Um, it's interesting. It's not that I don't... I'm not as excited about Pulisic. I think he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, yeah? It's just that... I have higher hope for Chukwesi. I always think of how I think of players as if I want them on my team, right? And and if I could pick from the players that Milan have bid, you know, bid for. I like Rinders a lot as well. But I would pick Yunus Musa and I would pick Chukwesi. Um Pulisic, there's also other things that make him an attractive player to bring in. Obviously, you know, he is the star of the American national team. Um, he's a great character. Uh and he is a very good player. I mean, you you need only remember what he did with Borussia Dortmund. But I guess because it's very, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It's been a bit of a roller coaster for him at, at Chelsea that maybe I'm not as excited as excited as I would be um, as I am for watching Samuel Chukwese. So that's my favorite. Fatezi, you mentioned Fatezi. I think he's an excellent addition. Don't get me wrong. I love him for my team. I guess my issue when I look at Inter in general, and don't get me wrong, I understand the decision to, you know, I understand that Brozovic is older now and Edin Dzeko is older and time comes from all of us. And Sadi was there waiting for the likes of Brozovic. But to me, he is such an essential component on that midfield. And, and Fratesi is an excellent person to bring in. But I don't know why there's just... I look at that inter team and it's not it's not Fratesi. I look at that inter team and I think there's a lot about it that's very good and very exciting. Uh Carlos Augusto. Um Marcus Turam could be a revelation. But there's also this part of me that's just a little bit like I don't know. I don't know why that my hand is a bit on my heart because I don't know whether they just look that bit weaker than they were last season. And I don't see a clear project in the sense that I see one at Milan. Um I I understand the direction they're going and I understand what they're trying to to build, even though I was quite critical of the decision to sell Sandro Tonali and to let go of Paolo Maldini. They have invested quickly, they've acquired their targets and they did excellent work in the transfer market. And Inter barring Fratesi and, and you know, a few others, like I, I'm just I'm just a little bit like I don't know. I don't know about all of this, you know? Um the team that I'm most excited to watch that's not a powerhouse is Atalanta, but I feel like they are a powerhouse. So I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm dying to see De Catalare. I'm dying to prove myself right. I'm, I am so bad at spotting talent. I am so bad at, this is one thing that I'm like, the only thing that I do well as coaches, I'm not great at realizing which players will really be outstanding, but. I do think De Catalare is someone special and I really want him to have the chance to show that. I'm interested to see um, Toure. I'm interested to see Scamacca. So I think it could be really fun to watch um, in general. Fiorentina, I'm always interested to watch as well with, with Italiano because every season he's just that bit better. He gives me that much more, that many more reasons to believe in him and, and what he decides to do going forward. So... Fiorentina is another one that I'm really interested to watch. Um, but mostly, it's Genoa. I'm I'm a little bit in love with Genoa at the moment. So I'm so happy they managed to keep, manage, uh, to keep Giladino. I'm so happy to look at 
this team and the interesting way in which they play their football, um, how I, I, f I find them fascinating, the way that the midfielders move, the way that the centre-backs sometimes act as, as, you know, in full, as full-backs, uh, the investments that they have made in the transfer market. And I've just understood right now that Malinowski is arriving, um, which is another great, great deal for them. So Genoa is, you know, you asked me about the relegation. I don't think Genoa, let me just have a, a look at uh, the players that they've brought in. Um, and Rotegi, you've mentioned him. Um, they're not a team that I think will be going down. I think that they have a great manager that's done a tremendous job to put, pull them back, put them back into Serie A. I think they've got a good management behind them with a clear plan and a clear strategy of how they're going to invest. Um, and, and that's 777. Uh, everyone knows about them now. I think that, you know, we have exciting players to look at from Rotegi to potentially Mananovsky coming back to the league. Um, so I believe in Genoa. I believe in their style of play and I believe that they'll be interesting to watch. I am also hopeful that Cagliari will stay up. Um, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Cagliari. The love is for Ranieri, the haters. I always associate Cagliari to like racist moving movements. And I know that's not really fair, but it's not always been the happiest place to visit. Um, not for me, but just, you know, like for some of the football, for some of the, our football players. So Cagliari, I believe in, in the Ranieri. I believe in what they are. I, I just think that there are worse teams right now. Um, and so I kind of want to see Scofet. I'm, I'm sort of excited about him. He's one, one guy that I feel sorry for. I still like Shmurodov. Um, I always, I always feel like he never had the chance to show how good he is. Um, certainly not under Jose Mourinho, but I think they might have just enough. The team that I agree with you, I think Frosinone, just because it's Di Francesco as well. And because they lost their star striker, um, the guy who scored all the goals for them. Um, and that for me is a huge, huge loss uh, if you're going to lose Mulattieri. So that's one. Um, it's too many pieces that they're losing at the moment and it's something to worry about, frankly speaking. They do have Nkuni, who is an Albanian striker, really big boy um, from Bayern Munich. I was kind of excited about it. It has a lot to do with the fact that it was Bayern Munich. I'm not going to lie. Um, but then... I spoke to a few German journalists who were like, don't be that excited. So now I'm less excited about that. Um, it's also, you know, it's a shame that I think they had created this great synergy with Fabio Grosso and that not being there is going to be a point of contention. So for me, it's Frosinone. Um, I think Verona could go down. I agree with you because Tamezi is such a big loss. And I hate thinking that because I... Uh, there's there's something special about Verona, especially their styles of play that we've watched, and you know whether it was Iga Tudor or um, it's just it's it's such a shame to me that they're sort of crumbling. But Marco Baroni has obviously decided to join them. He's their coach, and he must believe in the cause. I mean, to me, he's the reason Lecce is there. So that's my other team. I think Lecce is down for sure. And I'm surprised that you don't think, you didn't mention them. Um, I believe in Salernitana. I believe they will stay up. But Lecce for sure, I think, is going down. And you know how I feel about Hulmond. So the fact that he's not there anymore and 
controlling that midfield and the man that just does everything that they need him to do in the middle, the dirty work, the, the intelligence, his presence alone. I wanted him for Juventus. Um, I wanted him for Milan when, when they desperately needed a body in midfield. Um, I would have wanted him, you know, I, I think that he deserves to be in, maybe not in an elite team, obviously, but in a, in a better team. I, and I think that Lecce has, too many players that were good going, um, including their coach who is exhausted after the season and, and keeping them up there. So obviously no more Umtiti either. Um, no more Cissé. So yes, I do. Um, I think for me, it's, it's Lecce is going down. So that's my decision. Samuel Chiquese is, is my favorite signing. Lecce, Frosinone. And I think I agree with you on Elas Verona. Um, Maybe Cagliari. Oh, I believe in Cagliari. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, those are my decisions. If you guys agree with us or don't agree with us, which is the team that you're excited to watch? Monza. Monza is the team I'm excited to watch. Can Palladino really do it now? He's had a full stretch, obviously, the whole summer to work. It's, you know, he's lost Rovella. So it's, I think it's a, it's a big loss for him. But exciting team, exciting players within it, you know, a management that is, we know them, you know. And I, I'm just so interested to see Paladino take care of, of a team from, from the start and what he can do. But it's it's a tough opening day weekend. So I'm interested to see what Monza can do with that. But otherwise, they were fantastic to watch last season. And Napoli. I believe in Napoli this season now more than I did just by reading my own my own articles on Rudy Garcia. <laughs> okay, that's it. Um, watch the games. We'll speak to you afterwards. Ciao for now. Podcast Network.